What's up, St. Louis and fellow Blues and Cardinals fans, and really to anyone else out there watching, thank you and welcome. This is the Birds and Notes podcast where we talk about the 11-time World Series champions, St. Louis Blue, or sorry, St. Louis Cardinals, and the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Here we go, the St. Louis Blues. My name's Jordan, you can call me J-Rob, and I'm going to be your host. There's a lot of good stuff we're going to be talking about today. Uh, from the structure of both the MLB and the NHL, um, also down to schedule, like opt-out players, and then just all things around that. So I appreciate you stopping by checking me out, but before we jump into that, I just want to point out um, a few things or where you can find me on other social media platforms. Um, if you're looking for me on Twitter, you can find me at Birds and Notes. I also stream all of my episodes on Twitch, so you could be watching me live now. Or if you're listening to me, you can check me out sometime on Twitch. I stream every Wednesday. Um, time is to be determined. Um, I'm still working that out. But if you look me up on there, I will post when I'm going to be streaming my next podcast or my next session live. So, Or you could be listening to me right now on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or really any other podcast platforms. Um, if you do want to reach out to me as well, you can email me at birdsandnosepodcast at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Again, thank you guys for checking me out and let's get started. So we're going to start out with the Cardinals. A lot of good things going on there. If you're watching me, you can see behind me only nine days until opening day for us. Eight days until the season starts, um, which is going to be July 23rd. But July 24th is opening day for the Cardinals. Um, where they're going to be playing off versus the Pirates. But kind of structure the season, if we don't already know. Um, it's going to be a 60-game season. You're going to have 30 home games, 30 road games. Uh, 40 of those 60 games are going to be in division. Uh, so for the Cardinals, we're going to play 10 games against the Pirates, the Brewers, the Reds, and the Cubs. Um, it's not split up evenly. Um, like we don't play five at home, five, five away for each of those teams. It's kind of a, a mix, and I'll get into that. Um, but then 20 of the games, so the remaining 20 games, are going to be against our AL counterparts, the AL Central. And then we play on average four games versus each of those teams. But same thing for that. We don't play each team four times. We play some different variations of that. Um, but something that's going to be different as well this year that I'm actually really excited about is the NL is getting a designated hitter. Uh, and so pitchers aren't going to bat anymore, or I guess they could still, but it's not going to be, I mean, it's going to be a rarity because you're going to have, that's just another slot for the NL team to, to use a big bat. So that will be interesting. Um, honestly, kind of diving into that a little bit more. First kind of topic we're going to talk about is that designated hitter and who the Cardinals are going to use for that spot. Um, if you didn't know, oh, well, today is July 15th. Last night, July 14th, the Cardinals actually broadcasted their first, like they had a, a scrimmage game um, in, in club uh, scrimmage. Uh, Jack Flaherty was pitching, and then Austin Gomber, Gomber was pitching. And it, I actually watched most of it. They played uh, just six innings. They played one through four, and then... They skipped to the eighth inning and played eight and nine. Ending in a draw, 0-0. Flaherty looked good. He didn't look amazing. Austin Gomber actually looked really good, in my opinion. He only pitched the first four innings, but he had like four or five strikeouts in those 
four innings, um, only gave up one or two hits, and then obviously didn't concede a run. So that was really good. He also did have the better defensive setup, in my opinion. I mean, he had more of the starters. He had Goldie at first, Wong, DeYoung, and then uh, I think he had Edmund. I can't remember for sure. But he had at least those three, so solid, our solid majority of our infield what's set for sure third base is still kind of a question um in my opinion we need to throw tommy Edmond in there and use if anything carpenter is the dh honestly i i mean i used to love carpenter and i still like the guy and i'm still rooting for him he's on our team but he just hasn't performed he's not great defensively he doesn't have a strong enough arm to play third base or i don't think he's good defensively enough to play third base but Tommy Edmond is a stud. I mean, just if you watched last season, which I assume you did, or at least part of it or followed it all, Tommy Edmond was a huge reason we won the division and made the playoffs. I mean, on the offensive side and defensive side, he was a stud. He was our utility player playing all over the place, but we need to find him a home. Yeah, he's still young, but it just, I mean, he's going to perform better if he is in a set spot, if he knows where he's going to play every day, and he can just work on that trade. Um, right now, um, they had general manager John Mosaylock on the air just talking about the team and everything, how things are going during their their stream of the game. And he was talking about how Tommy Edmonds taking ground balls at all these different positions, or he's like taking fly balls in the outfield, all these different things which is good, and John Mosellock said he liked that because he's being like open to playing all these different positions and he, it makes him valuable, which is true. But at the same time, he's having to play or just put little pieces of himself and like try to get better in all these different positions instead of focusing on one position. So kind of going back, I love to go on tangents. You'll find that out more as you, or as you listen uh, to my podcast, but that's one thing, or I mean, Tommy Edmond over Matt Carpenter. Sorry, Matt, but just until you can prove that you can hit the bat or can hit the ball on the offensive side, then like, especially I don't want to put you in the field because you're a defensive liability almost anywhere we put you. Not anywhere, but we have solid first, second, short. So that's why third is a good option for you, but we have better options to put there. Um, so that's why I think he is kind of our best option for the DH, just because he is a defensive liability for where we would put him, and we have a better defensive position there, and then that way he can fo- or solely focus on his hitting and trying to improve and get getting better there. So we'll see what the Cardinals do for sure as more news pops up or as they announce things. Um, I was just reading something today that the Cardinals, just with everything going on, had not even announced their opening day starter yet. Um, But that will obviously be Jeff Flaherty. So that's just something to keep an eye out for, just the DH in general, what's going to happen there, how the Cardinals will use that, just because obviously it's new. Or, I mean, they use it in interleague games, but it's not, or it's now an everyday thing where it wasn't before. Um, Also something new, or just a change to the structure for this season, um, well, because they're playing, they're playing 60 games, like I said, but it's in a shortened season. They're playing starting the 24th of July, and then it goes through September like 28th, I believe. So it's just super quick. Um, or sorry, September 27th, at least is the Cardinals' last game. They have a total of six off days 
in that season. They have two in the month of September until the last day. They obviously don't play the three last days of the month, but two until in September, two in August, and then they have their first off day is just after the first series with the Pirates, and then they play two games versus the Twins and have another off day. So they have six off days from opening day to the last game of the season. So a lot of baseball in a short period of time. So just because of that, I think this is one reason they went with, or they're putting a, a runner on second base is starting in extra innings. So, and that goes for both sides, but just, so top of the 10th runner on second base, bottom of the 10th and just so on and so forth until obviously someone wins the game. I think they're doing that just because or big reason is to speed up the game, like to let it or help it finish quicker. But with that at the same time, I think it's because they're playing so many games with so little off days. So it just if a team is playing like just all these long games or they just play a couple long games in a row or just whatever and they have to turn around and they don't have an off day for a week and a half, like that's just going to be a struggle and make more or have players with more fatigue and everything. And so I think it is a good thing, especially just with the shortened season. Um, but August 31st is going to be the trade deadline. That's like 35 games in roughly or 34 games in, uh, probably because the trade deadline is going to be in the middle of the day, like usual. And so pretty much halfway though. So we'll see. I'm interested to see if the Cardinals make any moves or what, I don't know, because obviously there was at the beginning of the season or in the off season, there was a talk with the Rockies about Arenado. And I think that would be, I mean, obviously Arenado, he's a stud. He's best third baseman in the game, arguably, I would say for sure, in my opinion. But if we pick up Arenado, I think we have the best defense in the league, hands down. Infield for sure. Outfield, maybe not. And overall, maybe not because of that outfield. But defense, you have Gold Glove at second base. You have former Gold Glove at first base. DeYoung is getting better. He's still pretty young. And then you have another Gold Glove at third base. That's three Gold Glovers in the infield. Oh, well, sorry, if you're going to count Yachty, that's four Gold Gloves in the infield. And obviously, he only has a few more years left. And I'll get into him because I do want to talk about Yachty as well. But I'm just interested to see what the Cardinals do. And then honestly, just in general around the league, what the league is going to do or how the trade deadline or just teams trading and everything like that, how that's going to be this year because it is a shortened season. And just for example, the Dodgers, like with Mookie Betts, he just, his contract ends at the end of this year. And I mean, I don't think they're going to trade him, but just, I think that's an interesting situation because of the shortened year and players or teams like that, that picked up a player like on the last year of their contract. Um, or for maybe players that are on the last year of their contract and are good, but maybe not, obviously not Mookie Betts level. Do they try to get rid of them to help a team push in for the playoffs? Um, because the playoffs are going to be, or not even the playoffs, but the season I think is going to be much more intense um, just because it's almost a third of the amount of games as a regular season, 60 compared to 162. But I feel like everyone is almost going to feel like they have a chance to make the playoffs. Maybe not necessarily win the World Series and not every single team. But you, you're playing teams, or every game just matters so much more. So every game you play versus every team, um, and you're seeing oh, new teams, or you're playing five, or uh, roughly on average, four games versus five teams you don't normally see. And then obviously you're playing your 
and division teams, which you play a lot every year, and you're playing them a lot this year too. But it just, I don't know. I, I'm excited for this year, honestly, a lot, as I, I'm sure a lot of people are, just because of how much different this year is going to be. I think it's just going to bring a lot of excitement, and it's just going to show, or like teams are going to get excited because they're going to feel like they can make a push or try to do things. Uh, there are going to be teams, John Moselock, one thing he was saying last night about Dylan Carlson um, was that he doesn't know if they're going to keep him up at the major league level, not because they don't think he can hang up here, but what John Moselock was saying is he doesn't want to keep him up here if he's just going to be up here and sit on the bench. Um, and then because he can go down because the Cardinals are actually kind of doing like a small camp in Springfield, I believe is the location where they're just going to have other players like warm or like keeping warm or doing drills, things like that. So essentially it's just going to be like a summer camp all summer. Maybe we'll have like uh, exhibition games and, and everything as well against themselves. But it's, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of drills and things just to improve the players like skills. And then also uh, just to keep them fresh and everything. Cause with that, I mean, the structure of this year, all teams that were able to invite up to 60 players to their their summer camp um if and for that for a player to be able to play in this 2020 season you had to be one of those 60 players or up to 60 players invited to camp if you weren't one then you were not eligible to play in well for that team during the season um there are the mlb has talked about doing special exceptions for like or potentially the mlb would be putting together players in like Nashville, I've heard, and I haven't heard anything recently on this, so I don't know if it's going to happen, but um, like a bunch of players down there that aren't signed, so like unsigned free agents or like maybe players that didn't get drafted because the draft was shortened this year a crazy amount, um, just so that they can continue to like build their skills and everything in practice. And if a team needs to pick up a player because their third baseman got injured and then their backup got like test a positive for COVID-19 and so they just have one and then like they're just looking for another guy that that could be a potential option again I haven't heard the latest on that or I don't know if that's going to be a thing just because I haven't heard about a lot heard about it very much recently but I'll keep an eye out on that for you as well um, but once the season starts we're going to be down, their teams will have a 30-man roster um, that they'll be, have, be able to have on the bench and everything ready to play. Uh, and that will go for the first two weeks. So two weeks into the season, once it starts, that number will actually drop down to 28 players. So you have to drop or cut two players. Uh, and I mean, like for the Cardinals, they'll just those two players will go down to Springfield. Um, and just play with them and everything. And then if someone gets hurt, then get called back up, whatever. Um, but two more weeks after that, so four weeks into the season, um, that number actually drops down to 26. Um, and in previous years, 25 was your 25-man roster or your bench or whatever. That's what you keep in the majors. Starting this year and even before COVID and everything, this is just going to happen in 2020 no matter what. Um, they're bumping your roster up to 26 in the majors. So that is something new for this year. Um, and it's going to be bumping down to that 26. So we'll be set at that number four weeks into the season for the remainder of the season. Um, and then again, if players get hurt, whatever, there's no minor leagues this year. 
and they're still figuring out what's going to happen with that going forward. But that's why they have that. The Cardinals have that Springfield setup. Um, if players get hurt, whatever, sick, then they'll just pull them from there and they'll be ready. So, but with which is more back on Dylan Carlson, John Mozeliak was just saying, if he's not going to play, we would rather be him be down there, just getting in work and practicing and getting better and all of that and using his time wisely than him just sitting up here on the bench. Um, because he probably would be in that 30-man roster, but then he wouldn't play and then he wouldn't make the 26-man roster. So that's something to keep an eye out for as well or just kind of see. Based on John Mozeliak, he's like, what he said is within the next week and a half, so essentially just for the start of the season, until the start of the season, they're going to look at that and just try to figure all that out still. But in my personal opinion, based on what he was saying it and how he was saying it, it doesn't look like Dylan Carlson would be on that 30-man roster to start the season, or if he was, he for sure is not going to make the 26-man. So obviously a lot can change in a week and a half just with everything going on. So we'll see. I'm super excited, and I really wish they would play him and give him the opportunity. We do have a lot of outfield talent. I mean, you have Harrison Bader, Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas, Dylan Carlson, Dexter Fowler still there. So, I mean, that's five right there that are at least decent. I mean, I, and I only say that because I'm not a huge fan of Dexter Fowler. I love the guy. I think he's a great guy and everything. He just has not performed. He had a decent comeback this last year, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything special. It's just he wasn't as trash as he was in 2018. That's how his 2019 season went. So I, if he gets back to that 2017 season he had with us, he wasn't spectacular, but he was a lot better than he had he was in the last two seasons. So, like, going back to trades and everything, Chris Carpenter, Dexter Fowler, if we put both of them in a trade, and obviously we'd have to give up a lot of either picks or young talent or anything like that as well for to get Arnado, I mean, I would do that. Depending on the young picks and every, or the young players and the picks and everything like that. But... Arenado, I mean, that puts us in a win-now situation, especially with a season like this where practically anyone can win. I mean, this is this is a good year for us, or we're on the rise as well. So I think that's a good move for us to make, but we'll see. Um, but that's kind of the structure of everything. Um, there is a couple rule changes as well. There's not, there's no spitting, like you can't chew seeds or chewing tobacco or anything like that. Um, just and that's to go against their, to help not spread COVID-19. There's some funnier, different little ones in there as well. So, but kind of with the Cardinals moving on to the schedule and everything and how this is going to kind of play out. Um, let's see. I have this schedule right here and I've been looking at it. Um, our first game, or we actually have an expedition game on July 22nd in St. Louis versus the Royals. Um, that's going to be at 3.05 Central Time. Um, so that's something I'm definitely going to be checking out just because that's I like that. I mean, the Royals this year, they have an over-under. Um, or their over-under this year is 24.5 compared to the Cardinals' 31.5. And I mean, just knowing the Royals, they're a decent team. They've definitely fallen off since their World Series run a few years ago or when they won the World Series. But just to see kind of where we're compared to other teams as well, even though that's not the best comparison or whatever or game just because they're not amazing. But 
it's just a game versus another team, which is will be better than us playing ourselves just because we're seeing different faces, and that's going to be a team. We actually play the Royals. Um, let's see, we play them six times this year. We have three home games, three away games versus the Royals. So that is a team that we play a little bit more than the other AL Central teams. Uh, we actually play them the most. So, and that's, I mean, good for the Cardinals because they have that over-under of 20, 24.5. Hopefully we scratch out a lot of wins from them. Then six games, I I think we can take five of that. Maybe, I mean, if we drop any more, if we don't win four, if we win three or less versus the Royals, that's not shaping up to be a good season um, for us. So hopefully, I think we can pull up five versus the Royals. Three home, three away is what that split is. Um, but we'll see as that goes. So that expedition game is on July 22nd, and then we open up versus the Pirates on Friday night at 7:15 at home. And we play a three-game series first. Then, then we have that first off day, July 27th, and then we're traveling to Minnesota to play the Twins in a two-game series. Um, and I think this is honestly going to be our first big test just because the Pirates, their over-under is 25.5, so just one better than the Royals. They're not going to be a great team. I mean, they're not going to be terrible, I don't think. Um, we play six at home versus the Pirates this year, four on the road. So kind of same thing. I think we go seven and three with them. Um, but that isn't going to be the biggest test just because they're not the best game. But Minnesota especially because we're playing at Minnesota, they're 34.5. So they're a three-point difference better than us, and they're over-under. So I think that's going to be a really good test for the Cardinals to kind of see where we're at, how, like, if we're to the level where we need to be to be playing. And then and then for the Twins as well, because we're going to be a good team to see, it'll be for them to see if they're ready as well. So I think that's kind of good right off the bat. I mean, we ease into an expedition game with the Royals, but then the Pirates, the actual competition, the actual games that matter, we're, I think we take at least two out of three if we don't sweep the Pirates there, especially at home if we have Jack Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, and Austin Gomber. I don't know if, where he's going to be in the rotation or if he'll be in the rotation for sure, but he pitched super well. Yes, I already said that, but if he's pitching like he was, he had some nasty pitches in there. Um I think we can take that sweep easy. Uh, well, not easily, but I think we can come away with a sweep there. But Twins, that's where it's going to be tough, especially, I mean, because we're going to be having, that's our fourth and fifth starter, if that's if we keep that rotation. I mean, you could potentially, like, pitch Jack on the second game, just because that would be five days rest, because we do have an off day in the middle, but... I mean, I don't know what they're going to do there. Or maybe they don't pitch Jack there, or in, even in the first three games. I don't know for sure if they've, like I said earlier, uh, said who their opening day starter is. But maybe he does do opening day, but then go short so that he can go again, either in game four or five versus the Twins. Just because that's going to be a big game. Like, or those two games are going to be big. Again, every game matters. It's a 60-game season. So that those games are going to matter a ton. We played the Twins four times, two home, two away. Um, those are the two away games. But if we can steal one there, and then later when they come here, we take two. That I mean, that's what we need from every series. Obviously, every game you win is better. But if we can just take 
the season series three to one and we steal one there and then get the two other ones later in the season at home then that's good that's what we need right there um so going just into the schedule more than we or than we travel to the brewers i'm not going to go over every game but just kind of this season in general um just kind of the breakdown of the season we play six games in july uh three home games three away games you play 29 in august 18 home 11 away and then in september we play 25 nine at home 16 away so kind of that breakdown that i mean we could get off to a good start if we're playing well at home I mean, obviously, it's going to be different no matter where you play. There's not going to be the fans. They are still going to have, like, crowd noise in the game. Um, and then also, like, walk-up music and different, like, just songs or different, not just random songs, but, like, different noise and, like, some music playing um, throughout the game as well. Just because one thing they were talking about in the game last night is for the catcher when they're trying to set up and... Like if they're going inside and they're trying to set up inside or if they're trying to scoot to the outside, you can hear that if there's no noise, but and you can still potentially hear it with every like the crowd noise and everything like that, depending on how loud, but that helps mask that noise. And so that's one thing they talked about why they want to make sure they have the crowd noise and everything like that during games, just one to help it feel a little bit more normal um, as much as possible, but also for situations like that. Um, not to give like the hitter any extra advantage or anything. But with that, with having a lot of home games, 18 to 11, home versus away in August, I mean, that's a seven game difference. It's not crazy, but I think, I mean, that helps us hopefully just to get on a good roll. And then so that way when we hit September and we have 16 away games, that we just can continue on that roll. Um, Because that's going to be a big thing as well. I mean, baseball, as in pretty much almost every sport, but especially baseball, and as we know as Cardinal fans, 2011, it's all about who's hot entering the playoffs. Um, And, I mean, look at the Nationals. The Nationals last year were 500 at the All-Star break or at, like, close to that. They're, like, 24 and 24 or something. That's obviously not the All-Star break, but, like, they were dead even a good chunk into the season and then end up winning the World Series. Um, They just get, you get hot at the right time and you can take it. And so obviously you're still going to have your favorites, the Yankees, the Dodgers, but the Nationals weren't a favorite last year. They're a little bit higher up there this year just because they're, or they won the World Series last year, but we'll see. I'm just curious to see kind of how this season plays out and then just with their schedule, because it's a lot different, um, how that plays out as well. Um, We do... In July, we play four in-division games with two out-of-division games, August 16 in-division games with 13 out-of-division games, and then 20 in, five out for September. So a lot of division games at the end of the year with like in comparative, and then a lot of road games with that. So that is something that could be tough just because those are going to be hard games. And if we're fighting for a playoff spot or win the division or whatever, that's going to be tough. The playoffs are the same this year, one division winner from each division, and then two wildcard spots, and then same thing. So there will be a one-game wildcard game, and then whoever wins that will play the division winner with the best record, then the other two teams play, and then the winners play each other, and then the World Series. So same as normal there, Um, but it's going to be 
an interesting year for sure. Um, just a breakdown of who, how much we play the teams, and then kind of over-unders going into that. Um, I talked about the Twins a little bit. We play two home, two away. With They're at a 34.5 win-loss record, or over-under, sorry. Um, the Royals, we play three home, three away. They're at 24.5 over-under. Tigers, we play two and two. They're at 21.5. White Sox, we do not play at home at all. We just play three, like a three-game road series versus them. Um, one of those games actually is neutral site. It's a Field of Dreams game. Um, that game is going to be on August 13th. So it was the Yankees that were supposed to be in that game with them. I believe it was the, the Yankees and the White Sox. But now because we're just doing like the Centrals play each other, the East play each other, the West play each other, we are now in that game, which I'm super excited for. This is going to be the first ever Field of Dreams game that's going to be in Iowa. Um, and that will be super cool. Um, then the Indians, we just play three home games and we don't play them on the road as all at all. And the Indians are 33.5. So they're projected to be a little bit better than us as well. So that's, I think that's obviously an advantage to us because we're playing them at home. The White Sox, I don't think I said it was 31.5. So they're even with us. So that could be a tough series just because I mean, we're pretty much going to be pretty even, but then they're going to have that home field advantage. Um, the so the home and away splits for in division the Pirates would play six home with four on the road, and they're twenty five point five uh, win loss or whatever. They're over under for total wins. The Brewers would play four home six on the road. The Cubs were three home seven on the road, and then the Reds seven home three on the road. So. Both the Cubs and the Reds series are interesting to me. The Brewers, I mean, it's pretty even. Obviously, they have the plus one advantage with home to away. But the Reds, I mean, they have us, the Reds, and the Cubs all at 31.5 like wins this year. And the Brewers at 30.5. That's four teams all right there. Then you have the Pirates at the 25.5, which is obviously going to be the bottom of the division. But we that's really close and i mean every year we know as cardinals fans that the nl central is seems to be year in and year out one of the tighter divisions in all of baseball um this year i think it's even tighter than the last few years because the reds are emerging and becoming better the cubs i think are on the downhill they obviously still have a lot of talent with rizzo and bryant and among other players on that team but javi baez is probably the best one on that team but that's going to be something that is, I don't know, is going to just be more crazy and more intense. And why I think I'm so excited for this year is because, again, every game matters. I can't say that enough. And everyone, I feel like, knows that. But it's just going to be so intense um, and so crazy that people are going to, I don't know. I don't think people are going to realize how crazy it is until they actually we actually get into the season and we're playing and we play two or three weeks in and we're like three games up and it's like, Oh, it's only three games. But at the same time, we're a quarter of the way through the season. It's like, things are just going to be so quick. We're going to play a month and a half of baseball and we're going to be like, wow, we got a month left. If that, and it's like, it's just tight. So that's the thing as well. Um, I'm actually part of another podcast called shagging balls. You can check that one out. We talk just strictly baseball in general. Um, 
like the whole MLB, all teams, everything, not one team in particular, but just Major League Baseball or just baseball. Um, but one thing that we talked about on there or just went over is how that like at the end of the season or even with these over-unders that we had, we went over like the over-under for win, total wins in a season, like between first and last place isn't going to be like a regular year, like where you have in, I'm trying to think of a, a division. So let's go with the ALS, for example, you have the Houston Astros who are probably going to win that division, or I mean, it could be a different team. The Angels got picked up Rendon, but say the Astros win, they could win 36 games, but then the worst team in that division, the probably the Seattle Mariners, they could win 28 and like how many is that that's eight games yeah that's eight games that's a decent amount but that's not compared to last year where they probably were 20 games under or something like that again it's just because everything's so close and if they're six games out with a month to go they could the Mariners could climb back in that will they probably not but my point is just that everything's going to be so much closer and because baseball is all about runs and like I mean you go on hitting streaks uh, you go on winning streaks, losing streaks, like hitting droughts, whatever. That's going to play such a big factor on who makes it to the playoffs. And then who, again, who's hot at the right time on who's going to win. So that's something, again, I'm just excited to see. And I can't wait to get into and just dive into as the season goes on, how the Cardinals are doing the upcoming matchups and how that's going to affect us or how we're going to do. Um, only the only person that's opted out so far this year for the Cardinals, which they have to opt out. I think they're actually already supposed to say if they opt out or not. Um, but I don't know. I guess if someone in the middle of the season says they don't want to play anymore for whatever reason, I don't know. Maybe they don't have to, but I don't think they would get paid. But the, the only person is Jordan Hicks, our closer. Uh, kind of two reasons. Um, one, he is a type 1 diabetic. And so just he's at higher risk for getting COVID-19 and then it well, it affecting him more. Um, but then also he did have el elbow surgery last year and he's still recovering from that. Um, or is just wanting to take the extra time to make sure he's fully recovered and everything. And because of his diabetes, it did potentially like slow down or can like cause pe or people who are diabetics, it, they typically do heal a little bit slower just because of the disease is the side effect of it and so he just wants to make sure he's fully ready and healthy before he comes back and so he's just decided to to opt out of this season which obviously kind of sucks because he is a killer arm and he's amazing for us but i'm 100 percent fine with because i don't want to see him re-injure his arm his elbow um or I mean, worst case scenario, and obviously it would be a terrible situation. He gets the disease and then ends up passing away. I mean, that's terrible with anyone, but that's the last thing you want to see with anyone. Um, and because he is at higher risk, I, I'm 100% okay and totally understand his decision to opt out of the season for both reasons, for because he's a diabetic and then as well um, for just the surgery that he had last year. So... Um, that's for the most part, I know, I mean, this episode is going to be a little bit different than a lot of the other episodes, um, going forward with this podcast. Um, but we just, I just kind of went over the basics, the structure, the schedule a little bit. 
Um, but in future episodes, I want to go more into just the discussion topics on what's going on and what the Cardinals need to continue to do to get better and, and just situations and talk about those. And I'll have some guests um, up on the show as well. But that's pretty much it that I want to talk about with the Cardinals. Um, if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, I mean, hit me up via email again, just at birdsandnotespodcast at gmail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter um, with any questions, comments, anything like that. I'll do different polls and things as well on the Twitter just to keep people active, get different thoughts, and then talk about those on the podcast as well. Um, but switching over to the Blues, which I'm extremely excited about. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm extremely excited about the St. Louis Cardinals as well in that season. But the Blues, if I had to pick one over the other, I might say I'm a little bit more excited for, for hockey to start. Um, for a couple reasons. One, the Blues are the Stanley Cup champions or reigning champions, so we're defending the cup. And I say that and I get goosebumps, I get excited. I just, smile goes on my face, big smile. I'm excited for that. Or I love that we're Stanley Cup champions, finally got that. And just thinking back to those games and how intense it was and just, I mean, just like any big moment. I mean, I could ask you, where were you when the Blues won the Stanley Cup? Or like, or just watching the playoffs. Like, I mean, me for me, I was living a different place from where I was now. But I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings every game. Sometimes with uh, my girlfriend, other times just by myself, and I'd just sit there and I'd watch the games. Um, and then there was another guy because I don't currently live in St. Louis right now, uh, but still catch all the games and everything for both Blues and Cardinals. But I was sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings, and there's another guy that would come there every week as well that he would always wear his Blues jersey, uh, my Blues hat, which I'm currently wearing now, and then my Blues t-shirt, and um, and then we'd just talk. Like, and not at first, I mean, obviously, but like at the end of games, we'd high-five different things, but then we start to sat like closer to each other, and we'd just talk about the game and like cheer and everything like that. So it's just crazy. And then, I mean, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings when we won the cup. Um, and just how intense it was and every everything. And so I was just super stoked for that. Um, so that, I don't know. I'm just excited for that again. I'm excited to to see the Blues play. Um, kind of the structure of the NHL. I'll go over that. Uh, first, they're going to be in two hub cities. Or there's two hub cities or two cities you're going to play in. And you, you won't switch back and forth. You'll stay in that city. Um, like one's the Eastern Conference, one's the Western Conference. Uh, the two cities are Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, and it's actually going to be kind of a 24-team playoff. Um, or I guess maybe not 24-team playoff, but there's going to be the... Like 24 teams are going to be in these hub cities to start and will have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. Um, so seeds 5 through 12 in each division like for just from the standings of when hockey start or stopped, um, they're matched up. So five is going to play 12, six play 11, seven is going to play 10, and then eight and nine are going to play each other um, in both conferences. Then uh, seeds one through four, and the Blues were the one seed to like when the season stopped, but seeds one through four are going to be in a round robin seeding type tournament kind of thing or what they're going to do they're going to play it's the golden knights the colorado avalanche and the dallas stars and then the st louis blues in our conference or yeah uh, those are going to be the four teams seeds one through four um 
and then we're going to play each of those teams tw or once, and then whoever has the best record or most amount of points or whatever at the end of that is going to get seed one, and whoever has the second best seed two, and then so on and so forth. Um, and then with that, or and then so that will be kind of they're calling that the qualifiers, and then the round robin that's going to start August first. Um, the Blues' first game is actually August second, and we play the Avalanche. Um, but then August 11th is when round one starts. So from five through 12, so that's what four different teams will come out of that with the four teams and seeds one through eight. So we'll have eight teams. That's when we'll get to the regular playoffs. It'll be 16 team playoffs, which is normal. Um, but it's different because it could not be just the regular one through eight. Um, it could be, I mean, you could have, teams 9 through 12 that win this series that's going to be a best of five series those qualifiers so whoever wins those series will get a playoff seed um and then the one through four are safe already and they're automatically in but so the blues are already in the playoffs for sure and they just have to play regardless if they lose all three of their games which are august 2nd versus the avalanche august 6th versus the golden knights and then august 9th versus the stars if we lose all three of those games, we're still in the playoffs. We'll have a four seed, so we'll play the five. Um, but we'll still be in. So obviously, hopefully that's not the situation. Hopefully we don't lose all three games. Hopefully we win all three games and we get that number one seed. But that's just, just so we know or so you guys understand if you have not been explained or read or looked into that in any detail. But one thing that is kind of cool, so August 11th is the start of the first round. That schedule is still yet to come out just with, I mean, it's going to necessarily depend, but they're just waiting for like what teams win and everything. And then we'll show who's playing who and all that because the seeding does reset. What I do like this year, the seeding resets after every round. So the one and the eight play, and then if the one wins, they're going to play the winner, the four, the five. That's typically how it is. Um, but as it goes on, like further into the playoffs or even in the first round, if the eight number eight team somehow beats the number one and the four and five are playing, they're not going to play like in just a regular bracket. They would play the winner of the four and five game. But instead, how it's going to work, the eight seed is now going to play probably the two seed if the two seed won. Uh, and so it re the seeding resets after each round so it's not just going to be like a regular bracket where you just you know who you're going to play or whatever team wins out of two teams um that way it's going to the seating's going to reset which i think is interesting because then i think that does give the advantage to the teams that did better like even though it's the season that ended but even for the teams in the round robin they still have to play three games and fight for that number one seed or of the highest seed possible and then if they win, but then the number two, like, I don't know, he loses or something or whatever, I think it's just going to give them a better opportunity or just, I mean, it does benefit the higher seed teams because they're going to play the lowest seed team. But when it comes down to it, again, like we talked about with baseball, it's all about who's hot. And if the number eight seed is hot, they beat the number one and they beat the number two. Like, I mean, they're going to keep going. Um, I mean, the Lightning went out in the first round last year. I'm pretty sure they got swept, and they won the President's Trophy with, like, 115 points or something. So it's – I mean, anything can happen in any year with any team. It just depends. Um, 
But with that as well, again, qualifiers are going to be best of five series, but then once round one, so the actual playoffs, August 11th start, just like regular, it's going to be a best of seven series from then on. Um, and then, so one thing to note as well, so in the round robin series, if you have the same amount of points as another team, like say the Blues went two and one, and then the Stars went two and one, the tiebreaker is the season points percentage. So essentially what that is, just how many points you have or how many points you get in, like per game or whatever. Um, and the Blues are actually in first place in our conference with that. So if we do tie someone for first or even second or third or whatever, um, we would get the upper hand because we do have the highest point percentage um, in our conference. So that is a plus. So that is a good thing there. Uh, hopefully, obviously, we went straight out but we do have the tiebreaker as well if needed. Um, so that is just something to keep in mind as well. But yeah, with the Blues as well, no one has to this point opted out of the season. And so there, I mean, there have been cases that, I mean, both for the Cardinals and the Blues, people have tested positive uh, for both teams. Cardinals, not necessarily anyone major or anything or any big stars or anything like that. Um, the Blues, I have not heard on who has tested positive, but because the games don't start till August 2nd and they tested positive last week sometime, um, they're going to have, and it actually might be coming up on two weeks, they're going to have plenty of time to isolate and be ready. Um, and so that's going to be just interesting to see kind of what happens and... I mean, for both both leagues, I mean, one thing to keep an eye out, and I think what everyone's keeping an eye out for is what, like, I mean, how is this season going to go? What's going to happen? What is, um, like, does the season finish? Does it cut short? Or, I don't know. I mean, that's just going to be something that's crazy to see and crazy to, to find out. But I am excited to see the season start for both of these. Um, but for the Blues, just going into them a little bit more about the Avalanche, the Golden Knights, and the Stars, kind of how we did against them this season. Um, starting with the Avalanche, because, again, we played them first August 2nd. That game's scheduled for 4.30. That's the only time, or that's the only game that has a time set to it already. Um, but we played the Avalanche four times this year. The first two times we played them were both home games, we beat them five to two and three to one. Um, the two road games, we lost both of those. We lost seven to three and five to three. Um, and those games were more recently. That does make me a little bit nervous. I mean, Avalanche are a really good team. They got a lot of young players on their team. Um, and I mean, just with anything as well, because it's our first game, we do have an expedi expedition game, sorry, um, versus Chicago Blackhawks. That game. Let's see. I gotta find the date on that one real quick for you. But we do just kind of like in baseball with we're playing uh, the Royals. We do have an expedition game that's going to be on the 29th of July. Um, that that's going to be at 5:30 our time, so our central time. So that will be good. Chicago is not a great team. I mean, they're not terrible. They're not a great team though. Um, but that will be just a good warm up for us. But then we play the Avalanche. I'm just nervous for that because, I mean, it's going to go both ways. I mean, everyone's in the same situation. 
for for the Cardinals in baseball, for the Blues in hockey, no one really has an advantage. Like everyone, no one's played the last few months. Like everyone's been sitting out, or at least, I mean, you could have played in your own pickup games or something like that. Or but everyone was home, like trying to work out on their own, everything like that. Facilities for clubs were closed until just recently for both leagues. So it's just been crazy. Um, but it's just really who is going to come in ready to play like the hottest or whatever, just most in shape, most game ready. So, but because the avalanche are so good and are a young talented team, I am nervous for that game. Um, but we are Stanley cup champs, not going to just lean on that, but like, Oh, we're so good or whatever, because we are the Stanley cup champs, but we, we are a really good team as well. Obviously, I mean, we won the Stanley Cup. We don't we don't really have that many different pieces from when we won last year. Jordan, ben, Jordan Bennington, I think, is going to be the biggest question. Not because he hasn't performed or anything like that, but goaltending is always the biggest factor. Or, I mean, how hot your goalie is. If he's really hot, you're probably going to win a lot more games and lose. Or if he's struggling a little bit, then you're probably going to lose a lot of games. And I mean, Jake Allen's our backup and he's good too. And he actually has played really well when he's backed up this year. But I mean, we, they just haven't played in a long time. They haven't seen a ton of shots recently. They're getting a lot of work in now and seeing a lot of that now, but that's just something interesting or that I'm going to keep an eye out for is really Jordan Bennington and how he does. And honestly just goalie play in general across the league. Um, one thing as well to note, Vladimir Tarasenko just earlier this week was taken off the injured reserve list. So he is back. He is fully healthy. He was looking to make a return when like a few weeks from for when hockey stopped, he would have probably returned a few weeks later. Uh, but obviously because it did, it allowed him to have more time off and to just to rehab and make sure he's completely healthy before he came back. So that is something that's super exciting um, and su like super good news for the Blues. Um, and also, I mean, looking at the standings, you're just knowing that we're in first place without Vladimir Tarasenko for multiple months, and then now he's back. That's just obviously a positive and a plus, and potentially and pretty much only going to benefit us. Adding Vladimir Tarasenko to your lineup really shouldn't hurt you, um, no matter what team you're on. So that's the Avalanche. Thoughts on that? Second game, August 6th versus the Golden Knights. Um, we only played three games versus the Knights this year, two away, one home. Uh, we had more games scheduled versus them continuing with the season, but obviously that got cut short. Um, first time we played them, we won 4-2. to two. That was a home game. The next two times we played them, they were away. They were in Vegas. Both games we lost in overtime, 5-4 to four and then 6-5. to five. So obviously those are losses, but that's good news. Like to me, looking at that and remembering those games, like the Blues are always in those games. And I mean, with the Avalanche as well, for the most part, minus that like 7-3 loss, um, the Blues are always in it. And they're, which is kind of scary, but they're very much a third quarter team, or sorry, a third period team this year, uh, which is scary because, I mean, you want to be going into those, the last period with a win or with leading the game, um, but either tied or losing and then coming back like, it's always exciting, but it's always scary. Um, and so hopefully they're not relying on that. And I don't think they ever were relying on that. Um, but it was just the strength of theirs, being able to crawl back and, and claw back into games. But I, I mean, obviously with all these teams, these are the four 
or including us, we're the four best teams in our conference. So it's going to be well-balanced, hard-fought games. Um, but it's just going to be something to keep an eye out for. I think we do have a good chance for Golden Knight. I don't think they are the best team. They're not bad, but they're not amazing. Um, and then with all those games being closer, us winning at a neutral location, I think we win at least two. Or I think we do probably win that game versus them. Uh, last game, August 9th, versus um, the Stars. We played well versus Stars. We played them five times this year. We had three home games. We won two of those, lost one, and then two away games, and we won both of those away games. So we're four and one versus Stars this year. Um, we won three to two, three to one, lost three to two, won five to one, and then won in shootouts four to three. So those are close games too. Those are pretty much all close games. Um, even our loss, we only lost three to two, but. I mean, the Stars are a good team. We played them in, what, the conference finals last year. Went seven games, double overtime. I mean, I remember where I was for that game as well. And just Pat Maroon, dude, freaking, oh, my word. Like, I don't know. Just that face off in the corner and then the shot, post, back, putting it in the back of the net. Like, I don't know. They're just most exciting. Like, I don't know. that It was so intense, just every moment, double overtime. I mean, whoever scores goes on. We very easily could have lost that game um, and then obviously not be Stanley Cup champions. Like, the overtime is just crazy. Or extra innings in baseball, same thing. But I feel like overtime is more pop, or not more popular, but happens more often in hockey than extra innings in baseball. But I don't know. It's going to be a good game versus stars as well. I do. I think we take that game versus stars. If we take the stars and gold Knights and lose versus avalanche, I wouldn't be surprised if that's how that plays out. Um, but also at the same time, I could see us sweeping and beating the avalanche as well. All games are going to be a tough fight though. Um, again, it just is going to come down to how prepared are we and kind of how we're looking and how things are shaping up. Um, like with us and just if players get injured, all that stuff, but just straight up based on the stats, based on what we've done this year versus them. And then how we're looking now. Um, I think we take at least two of these three games, if not all three, because again, another factor was some of those games that we lost towards the end of the season or before it got cut short was that without Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, and Vladimir Tarasenko obviously is a big deal. Like, I mean, he, in the playoffs, he didn't always do the most in all the series, but just having him on the ice, other teams are going to have to look out for him and make sure they know where he is on the ice and all of that. And so it just puts more stress and pressure on the other team, which potentially opens up other lanes and opportunities for other players. So Vladimir Tarasenko, put him on the, put him on the ice every time. Like obviously if healthy and well, but um, you're always going to want him on the ice for us. So um, that's kind of the Blues like just how they're mapped out, how that schedule is. We're, depending on what seed we get, one through four, and then depending on who wins in like the five through 12 series, best of five is obviously going to determine who we play with those teams. I mean, obviously we're, it's going to be who's hot. That's going to win those series. And those are best of five series. So ours is going to take a little bit longer. That does give us more time, like space between our games. Uh, but round one should start August 11th. So looking forward to that August 2nd 
that's 18 days from now. Um, that's when the Blues' first game is. I got that on my board behind me. If you're watching on on Twitch, you can see that. But uh, I got those countdown going, or those countdowns going um, for the game and just watching. But um, we'll see what happens there and just how that all goes. But that's all I got for today. I appreciate you guys stopping by, checking me out. Um, again, this was a little bit different of an episode just because I'm just going over kind of the basics of how the structure is, how everything's set up, just to make sure everyone's informed. We're all on the same page, starting from ground zero. Um, going forward, uh, it's going to be more of the discussion based with like different situations or how the Cardinals are going to match up versus certain pitchers or just breaking down kind of games. Um, like upcoming and past games or just pitching performances, different things like that. And also hopefully you guys chime in as well um, by hitting me up on Twitter at birds and notes or emailing me at birds and notes podcast at gmail.com. Or if you catch me on Twitch and just leave in a comment just so we can, I mean, I, I would love to have conversations with you guys as well, uh, even on Twitter, email or whatever, just to kind of see your thoughts and opinions or, or how you think the Cardinals or the blues are going to do, or just different ideas. Um, that you want me to talk about. I'd be more than willing to listen to those and, and potentially put those into the podcast. Um, but again, appreciate you guys checking me out uh, and listening to my first ever solo podcast. Uh, again, this is the Birds in the Notes podcast. My name's J-Rob. Thanks for checking me out. Let's go Blues. Let's go Cardinals. And let's go get another ring and Stanley Cup champion. But thanks guys again for checking me out. And I'll catch you next time.